have an uh, awesome second service coming up in a few minutes. And uh, you're not going to want to miss that. All right, last week we began uh, to talk about, and I have uh, plans to try uh, to finish this, uh, this, this uh, study this week. I told you it was not going to be a long study, uh, but I may not. So we may uh, try to finish it, if not this week, then next week. But we began last week talking about spiritual warfare and how that uh, whether we, basically whether we like it or not, there is a spiritual battle that's taking place for our very souls. On one hand, uh, you have the forces of good. You have the Spirit of God that is working uh, and maneuvering in our life to try to draw us, to try to uh, woo us. I, I've told people before that uh, it's much like a dating relationship when God will try to romance uh, somebody and be sweet and kind to, to, uh, to get them to uh, serve Him or, or get their life to a place that is beneficial, not for Him, but for them. God always uh, makes our life better. And then on the other side, uh, we all understand that we have uh, the spirit of darkness, the Bible says, uh, the, the evil spirits, uh, that uh, Satan, who is battling us, on the other side, uh, he also will do uh, things to try to woo us, to draw us, to uh, to romance or to uh, tempt us away from the Spirit of God. Satan does not have your best interest in heart. Satan never does anything for us to benefit us. I don't know how many of you have ever heard, I've never heard a single song this person has sung uh, but I have heard of this person. I've actually seen pictures of them. Uh, I don't know that they're very popular anymore, but it was a, it was a man named Marilyn Manson. Do you all know who I'm talking about? He, I don't know his real name. That was not his real name. That was a, a stage name. But in this, in this name uh, was a uh, half of his name came from Marilyn Manson, the other, or Marilyn Monroe, the other half came from Charles Manson. That was how he got his stage name. He had a glass eye. And the reason why is to show his allegiance to Satan, he poked his eye out. Now that's crazy, and we all understand that. But that's what Satan does. Where somebody that is blind can be healed by God. Satan never benefits, he never adds to our life. Uh, and it's the same with sin, with, uh, with Satan. We, we find that sin is maybe pleasurable or, or whatever, but it never benefits. It, the, the end result of that life is never beneficial for us. Where God adds things in our life that is beneficial, that makes us better people. Uh, that makes us uh, stronger, that encourages, that lifts up our lives. So uh, there is a spiritual war that's being battled between these two forces, and we all 
understand that. And then last week we began to talk about the six seasons of temptation. This is when uh, Satan has a tendency to show up uh, and tempt us uh, to tempt us more. This is when Satan has a, a, a tendency to uh, to, to show up and, and try to cause the most amount of problem in our lives. So if you know that these six seasons Satan tries to show up, then when these things come, it won't be a surprise to you. And we talked about uh, last week that the first season, the first uh, season that Satan likes to show up is immediately after someone's conversion. When somebody receives the Holy Ghost for the first time, when somebody... Uh, receives from God what they need uh, for the first time when they understand who Jesus is and they understand their need for the power of God in their life and, and they finally make their way to, to the foot of the cross and they engage the Spirit of God and, the, and they are converted by the power of God and their sins are forgiven and their sins are washed away and, and, and God begins to engage their lives. Satan will not allow that to go unchecked. He will not allow that to happen without there being some type uh, of, of uh, not necessarily attack, you can call it that, but some type of, of uh, uh, involvement in, in, in that life by Satan or the spirit of darkness to try to take away what God has done. And we understand by the parable that Jesus told in the New Testament about the seed that Jesus later uh, even explained to his disciples, <coughs> excuse me, saying that the seed is the word of God and that, that some falls by the wayside and as soon as it's fallen, the birds of the air come and eat it. And Jesus even said that the bird of the air is a type of Satan, that when the word of God first lands in our life, when the spirit of God lands in our life and before it can even grow, before it can even benefit us, before it even allows, uh, there's time allowed for it to do the work of God, Satan is going to show up and try to steal what God has put into that life. And I have seen it time and time again. Uh, and I used this illustration last week. There was a, there was a couple in our church that uh, when they, the family first started coming to church and, and the family first engaged the power of God, their, their home was broken into just a few weeks later. And then it wasn't long actually after, uh, after uh, that incident that their home was broken into again. And they were new and they were a little bit confused and a little bit disoriented by that. But Satan is always going to show up to a new convert. It may not happen the first week, it may not happen the first month, but you can rest assured it's going to happen. And I've told people, there's people sitting here tonight, listening, or this morning listening to me that I've told. When they prayed through, now I want you to understand that eventually something is going to happen. Don't give up on God when it happens, regardless of what it is. That's, that's, that is Satan trying to steal the seed of the Word of God. And I've, I've had people come up and say, Brother Merrill, I just don't understand it. Such and such just happened, you know, and just started coming to church and all that stuff. Hold on. Hold on. When you engage the Spirit of God, something negative is going to happen. I've seen uh, so many things happen, uh, different things happen. Uh, people uh, have different situations. I've seen relationships 
uh, crumble and fall apart because of, the, of, of people coming and engaging the Spirit of God. And I tell people, just hold on. Don't give up during these times because it's Satan trying to take what God has given. Eventually, it will work out. And then we talked about last week the second time or the second season. The times in our life that Satan has a tendency to show up and it's, it's very beneficial for him. This is the reason why Satan has these patterns. That's why he's so predictable because it works for him so well. The second time or the season in life where Satan has a tendency to show up a lot is in pain. When life happens, Satan has a tendency to show up. When there's problems at home, when there's distress, when there's stress, when there's pressure from the job, when there's pressure from your health, when there's pressure from your family, when there's pressure from friends, when, when things are just not going well and there's, there's this pain of life and, and it seems like uh, everything's falling apart and we all understand and we all know how that happens. Remember Job in the Bible, he literally lost everything. Not only did Job, let me, let me say it this way, Job, I, I picture him sitting there and, and there comes a servant and says, Job, all of your camels have been stolen. Job, all of your donkeys have been stolen and now your sheep are gone and Job is watching as all, as his, of, all, as all of his financial assets are, are evaporating. Uh, you, Remember, Job didn't have a stock market. And so the more of these type animals and stuff you had, the wealthier you were. And Job, uh, he watched as, as all of his wealth began to evaporate. He didn't have the money that he used to have. And, and, and he watches it happening all in a moment. It's not over a couple of days and a couple of months. This is all happening in a moment. If you'll read in, in the first chapter of Job, and, and so he's sitting there thinking, well, maybe, you know what? Bless God, I lost my money, but I still got my family. And then here comes another servant and says, Guess what, Job? All your kids have just been killed. And so now Job is standing there saying, Well, at least I still have my wife. And his wife walks out and looks at him and says, I wish you would just curse God and die. Boy, what an attitude, huh? Boy, she was really supportive, going through a tough time. Job lost literally everything. And then the best part, Job had three friends, close buddies. These were guys, as Louis Lamour used to say, that you could ride the river with. These were guys that, that you could trust. And they all three showed up to help Job out. And, and it's amazing. They sat there seven days in silence and looked at him. And when they finally opened their mouth, they blamed him for the circumstance that he was in. They said it was his fault all of this happened. So Job has lost everything. There is no greater place of despondency there's no greater place of pain. There's no greater place of hurt. The man had literally lost everything he had, and then his health failed him. 
He had nothing. And Satan shows up in these times when you're despondent, when you're hurting, when you're lonely, when you're depressed, when the pain of life comes. Beware because Satan will convince you that God no longer loves you. He will try to convince you that God doesn't know who you are and he doesn't know where you're at and God doesn't care about your circumstance and God doesn't care about your situation and he doesn't care about you or your pain or your suffering and and Satan will do everything he can to tempt you and to cause you to fail in this time. And we talked about that last week. So this morning I want to begin talking about the third season. The third season that Satan shows up. And I believe it's happening, Satan is manifesting this pattern right now uh, in some situations. The third season that Satan shows up is when you're on the beginning or the precipice of a great victory. When Satan sees that God is fixing to do something. Now, Satan is not God. We can establish that fact. I can show you that. Satan is a fallen angel. You believe that? Satan is not omnipresent. Satan is not everywhere at at all times. We give Satan a lot more credit than he deserves. As As the old saying goes that somebody testified one time, the devil has been on my back all week, bless his holy name. Very few people in their life will ever encounter Satan himself. Satan is not omnipresent. He is a spirit that can only be in one place at one time. Where he is at, I don't know. I can tell you that he's probably on the face of the earth. He is confined to the firmament. Okay. But there is a kingdom that he has set up And it trickles down with the the demonic spirits. And I'm not getting into spiritual, how all that set up up this morning. But we understand Daniel fought the prince of Persia. We understand that. So Satan has learned God's patterns. And all of these years of dealing with humanity, Satan knows how to read the patterns that God has set up. Satan knows how to read humanity. He cannot read your thoughts. He does not know your intent. I have had people say, Brother Merrill, don't say anything uh, about certain situations or certain feelings because Satan doesn't know until you say it. Satan can't read your mind. He can't. But he has learned patterns. And so when, when humanity, when he sees God getting ready, to give great victory to somebody over a certain over a circumstance or situation, whatever it is, then Satan will oftentimes try to do something to derail that victory. We've heard it said many times that so-and-so gave up on their relationship with God just moments before they received from what from God what they had prayed for for years. There is a story. In Jewish history, it's not recorded in the Bible. Therefore, it is not the Word of God and understand that. But there is a story 
uh, about Elijah. Uh, and, and it was talking about one of the servants that Elijah had. And again, this is recorded in Jewish history. That when this, this man said to Elijah, I want to follow you, I want to be your servant, and then eventually one day become the prophet that you are. And Elijah told him, okay. But here's the condition. Sometimes the way of God is hard. And, and if you ever question what I do or what God does, then our relationship is over. And the guy agreed. And they went to a particular village one day, and uh, when they got, was going to this village, they, uh, the, the, the people of that village were not very friendly, not very welcoming, told Elijah they didn't want him there. And they were digging a well, and, and Elijah prayed for them as they walked out of that village. And immediately, that well just broke open and water just started gushing out. And this servant was confused by that, that God blessed them in their effort. So they wound up finding refuge in another village. There was a little widow lady there that had one son and one cow. That's all she had. And when they left that morning, Elijah prayed for that, that home. And when they left, that cow died. Her only possession died. And the servant was really confused. So he finally looked at Elijah and he said, I know that today our relationship will end. But I do not agree with how God has handled this circumstance. And uh, Elijah explained, he said, what you don't understand is that God told me that the men digging the well were just mere feet, just a short distance from a large vein of gold. And had they found that, they would all become wealthy beyond measure. But now, all they have is a well. He said, what you don't understand about the widow lady is that while we were sleeping in her house that night, the death angel showed up to take her son. And I interceded on behalf of that boy and convinced the death angel to take the cow. I said that story to say, and y'all are all looking at me like I just fell off a turnip truck, that there's times when God is getting ready to bless, much like the men digging the well. And Satan sees that's happening. He knows that pattern. So what he desires to do is to derail that blessing, to take away what God is fixing to do. So when he sees that happening, you can, um, you can only bet, you can only expect Satan to take some kind of a pot shot at you. Uh, when the children of Israel were rebuilding the walls in the Old Testament of Jerusalem, there was Tobiah and Sanballat. They came and they mocked the wall builders and eventually had to get to the place where they would, try, they would work with one hand and, and have their sword in the other. This is a, a place where God is doing something great, but Satan is going to show up. Look at Paul and Barnabas. Uh, and, and the revival that they were fixing to experience and Satan 
uh, put an issue between them that they finally had to part ways. Even Jesus himself at the beginning of his awesome ministry was attacked by Satan. So then it should not be uh, unexpected. It should not be a shock to us that when God is getting ready to do something great in your life, when God is getting ready to do something wonderful in your life, that something negative is going to happen. I've seen as people begin to engage in ministry in the church, they begin to sing or begin to do something in the, a ministry or a, a part of the church that, that something negative happens and, and the first thing they want to do is give up what they're doing at the church or what they're doing for God. Satan will show up and that's his desire. That's what he wants to do is get you to give that up, get you to quit. Then the fourth season that Satan has a tendency to try to derail us or or tempt us away from our relationship with God is the time when there's things that are near us that can cause us to fall. It's objects that can cause us to fall. Look at Eve. Remember Eve was in the garden. She was close to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She had to be close to it. If not, when Satan showed up to tempt her, if he would have, he, the Bible doesn't record it. He said, okay, we've got to walk way over here. Or we have to move from where we're at to where we're to over here to see the tree. You understand what I'm saying? The object of the temptation was close to her. What Satan wanted to tempt her with was right there. She allowed herself, and I guess, and and I'm not trying to indict Eve because perhaps she didn't uh, understand or didn't know know what was going on. I don't know. There's a lot of of thought of like that. But when she got close to the tree, she could not be tempted until she got that close, until she got a certain distance away. And so it's amazing that in life, uh, it has a, uh, life has a tendency to bring into us or bring close to us things that are temptation to us. Uh, let me see if I can explain it. There was, uh, there's a, a missionary that I heard talk about a particular uh, sin uh, that he faced before he was uh, in church, before he call, uh, was, was close to God, before he prayed through. And he fought with this particular sin and he said it's seemed like that uh, for the several years after he got in church that uh, every job that he had, he, he did construction type work, was right next door to one of these places. See, it always seems like that every job I had when I was out working, I would look out the window and there was a place that used to be such, a, a, had such a hold on me, it would cause me so much problems. And he said every time I would see it, there was that longing. There was that yearning to, to, man, just give up God. Just give up this relationship. It ain't no fun anyway. And, and walk into this place and, and engage that old life again. It seems like that Satan has a way to put into our lives and, and to bring us close to things that are temptation for us. We all have a weakness. We all have something that causes or can cause us to put God uh, second or third or fourth down our list of priorities. 
And for every person it's different. For, for some people it may be a sin. For other people it may just be a, a distraction or something that causes us to take our focus off of God. I, I mentioned this a, a week or so ago and, and I just cannot get it out of my mind. It, it just plagues my mind. Uh, Brother uh, Holland made a statement that if, if, if Satan can get you to focus on your failure, then you take your eyes off of God. And I just went through a, a training class at work where they, they talked about your eyes and how you can focus and that, that if you, he wrote on a marker board one word at the bottom and one at the top and he said if you read the word on the bottom, you can't read the word on the top. You can see it in your peripheral vision, but you can't read it because when you focus on something, your, your vision is very narrow. It's peripheral vision. You can see it's existing there, but you can't focus on it. And, it's, and, and when I was in that training class and I heard that, the words that Brother Holland spoke just rang in my mind that if Satan can distract you, if he can take your focus off of God by using anything else, he wins. If he can take your focus off of God because of failure. If he can take your focus off of God because of sickness. If he can take your focus off of God because of of pain. Or a mental problem. Or loneliness. Or depression. Or uh, relationships falling apart. Or kids falling apart. Or moms and dads falling apart or husband and wife's falling apart whatever it is Satan does not mind using anything sweet little children are not a problem for Satan to use if he can destroy them he does not care and so if he can get us to focus on or to draw close to something, whatever it is, to cause us to be distracted, whether what it is is a sin or not, is irrelevant. If he can focus, get us to focus on that. Some people focus on finances. Some people focus on vacation. Some people focus on, I have, uh, I know somebody it's one of Christie's relatives on her dad's side, not her mom's side. They're all wonderful. She's sitting back there, so I have to. Their focus all year long was on their trip to Las Vegas once a year. That was their focus. Satan will use anything to get you to fall, to get you to, he don't care if you come to church. Do you know that? Satan don't care if you come to church. As long as you'll come to church, sit on a, on a church pew every service, every service, and be so far from God you can't see straight, he's happy. I'll be straight up honest with you. Sometimes I probably shouldn't be so straightforward, but it's true. And there's, there's you can get so caught up, so caught up, in focusing on things that don't matter or focusing on things that seem so huge uh, at the moment 
that you lose focus of God. So, so Satan has a tendency to bring into our life or to steer us or to do our best. That's why we should allow God to order our footsteps, to bring objects, to bring things that will cause us to fail. He has a unique ability to do that. And that is why we have to focus and stay focused on God. Proverbs 4 and 23, the Bible says, Keep thine heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart. Make sure that you don't allow your heart to be distracted or be taken away from the hand of God. Proverbs 23 and 19 The Bible says, Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Be wise. Guide yourself. Guide your heart in the right way. Don't let Satan distract you and take you out, uh, to take you spiritually, take you out. Colossians 3 and 2, the Bible says, Set your affection on things above, not on things above. On the earth. It's huge where uh, that sometimes people begin to fall in love more with the things on earth than they do on the things of God. Judas fell. One of the disciples fell to the money bag. Esau was taken out with a bowl of soup. Demas, one of the tragedies of the New Testament. Demas, Paul said, has forsaken me having loved this present world. He loved the world more than he loved God. Achan, in the Old Testament, you'll remember, Achan fell because his love for a wedge of gold and some clothes. It was was things that Satan was able to, to get him close to. Satan was able to bring these objects close to Achan and give him an opportunity to take his focus off of God, to give him an opportunity to take his eyes off of God. And then when he did that, he fell. The same with Demas and Esau and Judas and many others in the word of God that Satan was knew their weakness. He knew where uh, their desire was. He had heard some words or he had, he had gotten some information on them. And Satan was able to orchestrate a situation and a circumstance that when they faced it, they could not stand anymore. And they let, they let their relationship with God fail. And, and Satan's tactics hasn't changed much. I've watched people lose their relationship with God over jobs and, and over hobbies. And, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things. We all have to work and we all have to have hobbies. I, I'm all for that. But I've watched people allow them to take their focus off of God. And those times when that happens, Satan shows up to remove from us the relationship with God that he's given us. And then the fifth season, another time when when Satan has a tendency to show up. He'll first show up when we're converted and then when pain settles in and then when you're about to receive a great victory. He'll put things in your path to cause you to fall and then he'll show up when you receive great mercy or great grace from God. 
after you've received some great thing from God, after God has done something awesome in your life, it's kind of the principle of AI in the Old Testament. After you've battled Jericho and you've won and the walls have come down and God has demonstrated His great power and His great love in your life and then uh, it seems like the next little thing you go to do, it fails and, and you question God and you wonder where God is. It's a place of spiritual relaxation that, that oftentimes uh, elicits a, a, a attempt from Satan to take, to take you out. Uh, if I can say it that way. William Gurnall, we mentioned him last week, said in his book, The Christian from Complete Armor, says if God smiles and opens himself a little familiar to us, then we are prone to grow high and wanted. If he frowns, then we sink as much in our faith. Thus one, like fair weather and warm gleams, brings up weeds of corruption, and the other, like sharp frost, nips and even kills the flowers of grace. There's times when God does great things and great miracles. Uh, I remember hearing uh, a pastor one time say there was a lady uh, that came to his church that had cancer and, and they prayed for her and God healed her of that cancer and then she developed psoriasis. She was not healed of the psoriasis. It's after great victory, Satan seems to show up with some uh, something else to try to take away that victory from us. Look at the life of Peter in Matthew chapter 16. One minute, Peter is sitting there. Jesus is asking, who do you say that I am? And he says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And there's great revelation. And his mind is open. And, and Jesus looks at him and he says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Peter just received revelation from God and Jesus looked at him and said, blessed are you. And turned right around when Simon, uh, when Jesus begins to talk about his crucifixion and Simon says something to him and Jesus turned around and said, get behind me, Satan. That fast, in one chapter, he's blessed because of his revelation and, he's got, and Jesus reprimands him for being the spirit of Satan. It seems that when we receive something great from God, you can bet old Slewfoot is coming and try to take away what you've received. He's going to try to take away what God has given you because God will only give you things that benefit your life. Look at Joseph in the book of Genesis. One day, his dad gives him a coat of many colors. And he's wearing his coat with, kind of got his chest poked out a little bit and all happy and proud. The next moment, after receiving such a great blessing, the next moment he is sold by his brothers into slavery. The children of Israel when they, the walls of Jericho came down, then the next couple of days they were defeated at a little bitty town that wasn't even walled, named Ai. Moses received the law on the mountain of Mount 
on Mount Moriah in the clouds and the thick glory of God when the presence of God was up there and, and they heard the booming voices and, and they, they, all of that stuff happening. And because of the idolatry, Moses broke the law. He broke the very commandments and the very, the very tablets that God wrote with his own finger. Moses broke them one moment, receiving such great things from God, and the next moment having such seeming bad things happen. It's when Satan shows up after a great grace, after great victory, after receiving something so wonderful from God. When God blesses your life in a, in a great way, it always seems that Satan shows up. I want to hurry uh, this morning, the sixth time, the last thing that we'll talk about, the sixth season that Satan has a ten- tendency to show up is in the moment of death. In the last moments of life, when somebody, a saint of God, has felt the pain of their body, strength has gone. Oh, Satan is going to show up even then. He doesn't want to, to give up. He doesn't want to give up. And at those times, when your body is, you know that is breathing its last breaths, there's discouragement, there's people begin to question their relationship with God, begin to question whether God would heal them, why God didn't heal them. I remember, some of you may remember Sister Mary Edwards. Wonderful, wonderful lady. I've told this story so many times, probably most of you can quote it. Wonderful lady of God. Prayed at minimum six hours every day. Read her Bible through eight to ten times a year. She knew the word of God. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't pull one over on her. She, uh, she was dying of cancer. And I went to see her in the nursing home. One of the last times I ever saw her. And I said, Sister Edwards, I'm going to pray for you. Pray that God would heal you. She was laying in that bed. and She picked that crooked little finger up. And she pointed at me. And she said, don't you pray for me to be healed. I said, okay. She said, you pray for the will of God. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. In her last days, I know because she said that she saw angels. I know that she said that she would see them come into her room and comfort her in her last days. But sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes in in life, as life begins to slip away, Satan will show up for one final assault. One final time to try to derail us, to take our spirituality, to take our soul from us. Satan has been exposed. That's what we've done. We've tried to, to share with you the times that he's going to show up. So when these times happen, when these times come, don't be surprised. Don't be intimidated. Don't let him win. Just realize that in times of life, in good times and in bad times, when things are going good, when things are going bad, there's going to be seasons that Satan's going to show up to try to do damage. 
And when those times come, you focus on God. Don't take your eyes off of God. If you do, He wins. But I will tell you, if you do, there's always grace and there's always mercy from God. Praise the Lord. My time is up this morning.